like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. Summertime is almost over, and we're beginning to wrap up our BDSM summer school series by looking at the S and the M in our BDSM acronym. Focus mostly on the S for right now, and in a future podcast, we'll speak a little more to the M. But uh, early in this series, we learned that two worlds collided to form the acronym BDSM. The B and the D, and the S and the M. Bondage and discipline were primarily about the structure and practice of power exchange. Uh, today, we'll begin looking at the other world of sadism and masochism. Um, if B and D was about power exchange relationships, then what was the S and M about? Surprisingly, S and M was initially, at least a little bit, about power exchange as well. When we look at our history prior to the forming of the acronym, the S&M crowd used its brand of terminology to describe a form of power exchange relationships within the context of sadism and masochism. When we say that power exchange is what sets BDSM apart from S&M, we're talking about all of the other non-old guard groups who participated in S&M throughout history. In the very beginning, sadists were the dominants and masochists were primarily the submissives. It was power exchange in a different form than the bondage and discipline, but it was still somewhat a power exchange. We'll see later in this series that it was more of a role play within scenes, a role playing of, uh, of giving and receiving of control as, uh, as associated with sadism and masochism. When people don't realize the history, they're easily confused. Within old guard, and like we always like to say, we call them old guard, they probably didn't call themselves old guard. But within old guard, prior to the formation of the acronym, the terms sadist and top were used interchangeably for dominance, and the terms masochist and bottom were also used interchangeably for submissives. Today, within BDSM, this is no longer the case. But in those very early years, S&M was a form of a power exchange relationship that was scene-specific. So we'll spend a few days talking about, uh, sorry, we'll spend a few moments today talking about the pre-acronym, and, uh, and then we'll uh, dive into, at another time, the post-acronym, sadism and masochism. Just a note, there's no real time in our history when we can point to exactly to say when it changed. So we're choosing 
the formation of the acronym as a marker just to make it easier for us to understand. So in those very early years, it was all even more confusing than what we could imagine today. In the MSST history book called Our Lives, Our History, they explain a lot of this early regional confusion. Uh, quoting, for a time in the 1960s and very early 70s, the prevailing interpretations of the letters in S&M, as well as the corresponding left and right sides of a slash uh, of, the, of the body for symbols like keys, hankies, or belt buckles, were reversed between at least some parts of the eastern and western U.S., Thus, in New York City, S meant sadist and was flagged on the left, while M meant masochist and was flagged on the right. But over in San Francisco, the S was still flagged on the left, but meant slave, and the right side symbols uh, there meant both uh, M and master. According to the prolific writer, continuing this quote, Groundbreaking editor and leather historian Jack Fritzger, who personally witnessed the confusion this could cause in his transcontinental pursuit of leather sex partners and homomasculine guys to write about, the New York interpretation won out by the early 1970s because most of the gay SM porn publishers were based there. So apparently we can thank gay porn for clearing up the confusion it would have caused if S within S&M stood for both sadist on one account and slave in a very different instance. Uh, this was long before the internet and information didn't travel like the superhighway that it does today. So it was easy for things to be less uniform throughout our lifestyle. Let's take a bit more of a look at sadism as the more dominant identity in a power exchange role play. Um, so perhaps for the first time, uh, uh, you've seen that SNM within Old Guard had a blurry past that was just initially somewhat about a power exchange relationship. Uh, so here's a little more from, an, or another quote from Our Lives and Our History. Uh, they say such distinctions couldn't be conveyed by a bare S or M, but not more, not much more than those discrete letter codes, opaque to the uninitiated, could appear in personal ads running in a newspaper or other mainstream publication. Was an ad stating S seeks M placed by a sadist seeking a masochist or a slave looking for a master? In either case, it was for a single session, Repeat in either case, was it for a single session? Was it for repeat sessions or a lasting relationship? It wasn't until the early 1970s that American gay men had dedicated venues where kinky interests could be described without ambiguity. But that didn't stop S&M and MS from blurring together at S&M, Sado and Masochism and uh, Master Slave from blurring together. There were attempts in the 1980s and later to keep the terms distinct, usually referring sadist masochist for pain play and master slave for hierarchical interaction or relationship, though it was typically conceded that these identities could have combined in various ways. 
Such efforts to legislate usage had little immediate effect, but by the 1990s, that distinction had become common. So, um, I've stated before that old guard history is a bit of a puzzle, and this is a clear instance. When you read some BDSM books, you'll see sadist and or top used in the old style to refer exclusively to a dominant. Today, sadist is simply associated with the act of giving pleasurable pain and can be a person of either a dominant or a submissive identity. But let's dig into some of that pre-acronym sadism as a form of a somewhat of a dominant within a power exchange relationship. The missing piece to this puzzle that gives it clarity is the scene in which S&M takes place. Actually, which the scene which any kink takes place. See, the concept of ownership that was prevalent in B&D and expressed in terms like master-slave was not yet part of the world of S&M. Uh, sadomasochistic relationships didn't revolve around a submissive being owned by a dominant. Instead, it was a temporary power exchange that sometimes carried over into the everyday life of the relationship. Today, we would call this role play, but in those early years, because to them nothing else existed, it was somewhat of their identity. At least that's what uh, a lot of the older books uh, that, that I have in my library uh, tend to suggest. We have the benefit of access to all of BDSM today. To many people pre-acronym, all they knew was either B&D or S&M. In Joseph Bean's book, Leather Sex, he outlines this early type of S&M power exchange. And I think he kind of helps clear it up. The power exchange, Joseph Bean says, the power exchange is the entirely voluntary process by which a bottom relies on trust, first to express his will, then to relinquish it. It is the system through which a top accepts the responsibility Rep represented by his bottom's surrender and promises to treat that surrender accordingly to the ever-changing terms of the arrangement between the two of them. And this is the kicker here, within the bounds of the scene. So what's a scene within BDSM? Because this kind of helps clear it up. A scene is a time of erotic play that in can include physical play, psychological play, and or role play. A scene can include S&M tools and techniques or any other type of consen consensual kink. A scene is often the product of negotiation where play is done within the boundaries and the limits of those involved. Lastly, a scene lasts for a specific period of time, and then it ends. While early on S&M was associated somewhat with power exchange, today post-acronym, it's associated with the giving and the receiving of kinks within scenes. Um, in a future, in our next podcast, we'll look a little bit more about the history of sadism in general, and the types of sadists that exist. And uh, so the really the kicker between the S&M type of power exchange that Old Guard uh, had and the type of power exchange we have today is that they were describing somewhat of a versatility 
or a top and bottom relationship within scenes, uh, which we still have today. But that type of temporary uh, power exchange uh, to us is role playing. To them, it was somewhat seen as identity to them because they didn't really have anything to go on. You know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. Ha- being able to go and look back into the history and look back into, um, and, and you know, knowing what we know today, uh, we can see BDSM a lot clearer than uh, than perhaps what they had access to in the resources that were not very widely available to them. I am Primal Piggy. You can find me on Facebook at The Primal Piggy, all one word. You can also find me as the admin of a rather large Facebook page called Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, about 120,000 followers. You can find them on Facebook at WCDT BDSM. You can find all of our resources at www.bdsmunited.com. Thank you for listening today. If you're listening on your favorite platform, be sure to leave us a review to let people know what you like, what you learned, what you don't like. Uh, uh, everything uh, that uh, you say uh, is helpful to us because uh, even if it's something that you don't like, hopefully we'll hear it and we'll be able to uh, make any changes that we can. Uh, again, thank you for listening. Before you go... Head on over and visit our friend Nookie at DatingKinky.com. She's been a longtime supporter and friend of Whips, Chains, and Duct Tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters, for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.